Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today, we have a really cool guest uh, with us today because if you're watching this online, if you've seen the thumbnail, or if you Google this guy, I can tell you right now he does not look his age. And in fact, it was so deceptive, that's the reason I had to get him on the show because I had to grill him. Like, how the hell do you look that good <laughs> and that young? And it's scary. So I'm not going to give away the trade secrets, but we've got the one and only Tristan Lee. Now, Tristan and I had a little bit of a conversation prior to this show, and I'm telling you, you are in for a blast. Tristan, welcome oh, to the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Oh, dude, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so looking forward to this. So right off the bat, before we get started, I got to ask, how did you get that? How did you even start your transformation journey? Like, when, when did everything that you're doing start? Oh, you know, I've all, ever since I was a kid and I used to do my mum's Jane Fonda workout video <laughs> when I was that about give, 11. That yeah. should give you a complete idea, uh, by the okay. way, for, for so the people always, who are out there. I've always been interested in, in women in lycra. I don't know. I just always had a thing about it. I've always loved aerobics. When I was a kid, I used to love just watching people in aerobics, doing aerobics. And then, so then I, you know, I've always been interested. I did martial arts, believe it or not. If you see oh. my, my photos, you'd be like, that guy didn't do martial arts. I did. <laughs> Which martial arts? I did like um, karate. Nice. Yeah, I'm quite nimble for a ginger. I'm quite nimble. <laughs> and you um, have a soul, so that's fine. And I have a what, sorry? And you have a soul, which is even better. <laughs> well, you, well, I have no I, reflection, but I have a soul. Yeah. It's I have all no shadow. It's all that unicorn blood. <laughs> Well, you so, well, tear, sorry. Well, yeah, you will go with that. Um, so, transformation. I suppose I've always been interested in health. You know, grew up in the eighties and was like, oh wow, this is. I'm just interested in health. But it, and then I went to drama school and performing arts school. So it was all about you know dancing and how you look. And I've always been interested in fashion. But things really took off for me during a very difficult time if i'm really honest with you i don't know how how, how much detail you want oh, but dude by all means as much as you're okay so about. you know when i when i got to about must have been i don't know 37 i just had a very 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 dark time and i ended up having to get you know i had to go to a, a clinic for depression and anxiety and it was just a very dark time but you know sometimes when it's really dark you get to see things you wouldn't normally see yeah. So I was like, wow, you know, because I was working as a performer and entertainer for years and I loved it. But I was like, ah, you know, I kind of want to make a change. And through a very dark time, I was like, I love, I need to learn to look after myself better. And I'd always been interested in it. But when you have a breakdown and everything goes down the toilet, I was really inspired and determined to reclaim my own health, physical and emotional. So it really it's only been the past sort of 10 years that I've really started really, really investing in myself. Yeah. That's incredible. See, yeah. one of the things I'm going to urge everyone to do is actually go check out tristanlee.com, which is one of the sponsors for today's website. And the reason I urge people to do so is because your story is really fascinating to me. Um, and also just by looking at you, because I remember Stephanie, when she put us, when she messaged me saying, Hey, I really want you to just check out Tristan, go look at his stuff, see if he'd be a good fit for the show. I was sold within five minutes. I was like, I got to get this guy on my show. I just have to, I have so many questions for him. 
Um, and then right, I, sounds great. Oh, we have, we have a lot to discuss. <laughs> so guys, before we get started, please head on over to tristanlee.com and also check out uh, his, just check out all this stuff because it's brilliant. Book him as a one-on-one coach if you need to. But let's get right into it. So one of the questions I had right off the very, very start was when you actually hit that dark point, because I'm no stranger to being in the dark. It's annoyingly, I've spent more time in that realm than I have in the light, but it gives you a great perspective on what goes on. My curiosity is when you're actually, when you're at that point where you felt like you had a slight breakdown, what was one of the most determining factors for you to keep going? Like what kept you mentally going? God, it's such a good question and a difficult one to answer because it wasn't just one thing. I, I just think for me, I was like, this isn't how my story ends. Because I was at a point where I was like, I think I kind of would quite like to check out. I've had enough of this, yeah. you know, all this pain. And I just thought, this is, this is too much. <laughs> but I, I, um, I've always deep down had a sense, had deep down somewhere a sense of my own value. Like I knew that I was more than this. And I knew that I really had to work at this to get back to to get back to that part of all of us that is precious and valuable and, and life's worth living. So I suppose because I hit rock bottom, there was nowhere else to go. And it was in very many ways, the best thing that ever happened to me because I just stumbled along for so many years. And then when the, then I had a breakdown, you know, I had to really look at the stuff that I hadn't looked at before. And it was very painful and awful. And I would never want to go through that again. But what I learned from that was so much. I learned how strong I am. I, I learned, you know, that I can take all the painful stuff and turn it into something really positive. Now, that sounds cliche for people that are listening. Oh, well, that's easy to do. It wasn't easy to do. It was it's not easy to do. to do. But I, that was my intention. Because when I, when I left this rehab clinic, in, I actually went to South Africa because it was cheaper than London. Um, and, more and, you, and just gorgeous. You know, yeah. if you, I always say, if you can have a nervous breakdown and you need to go to rehab, South Africa, Cape Town's the place to do it because it was gorgeous. <laughs> Apart from the armed guards on the, uh, the front of the clinic, it was really kind of cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can, imagine, I can imagine the visual where you're just like, armed guards, like, it's a really cozy hour. I'm enjoying this. There's the armed guards, like, but don't pay attention to that. Well, I, I, was, I was like, oh my God, they're, they're there to protect us. And then I realized, actually, they're there to stop us leaving. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I also wondered why they, the windows didn't open more than three inches. I was like, I can't get my window open in the room I was staying in. And they're like, it's because we don't want you to kill yourself. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but they had a pool, so it was all good. So... Um, I love how like, we're just going to lock the window and just you know, go ahead. Well, it was like literally like three inches. I was like, I mean, I was pulling it. And, and in I was South Africa, where it's hot as balls. It's <laughs> really hot. Please let me out. <laughs> but they had my passport and my money and my phone. So I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. It was weird. It was the best of times and the worst of times. But anyway, That's, so what was, the, what was the question? I was going to say, like, how did you keep going? Because like, personally, oh, my because own... humor, humor, humor. It's always humor. I was. I was just like, this is the craziest thing. I, I've always had the ability, and I didn't realize this until, until things got really, really dark. I can step away from myself and look and go, yeah, you're having a really tough time, but you can still, you'll be like, oh my God, this is a really good story. So I, I always knew that it'd be a good story, even if I was suicidal. Yeah. Um, 
and I just thought that you know I always knew I, there was more there was more than my circumstances and through a lot of therapy a lot of crying a lot of tinted moisturizer I found my way out of it I love how yeah. the tinted moisturizer made it onto that list well here's what happened I realized because when I went there I literally turned up with like eight boxes of, of you know skincare because I'm skincare is my best friend and they took it away from me because they said I had an issue with it <laughs> um I had an issue is, with is with vanity with looking yeah. gorgeous is that what yeah that, and they were like you, you're addicted to skincare I was like oh god that's the least of my problems <laughs> so they took I'm it away you. from me I know and I was like yeah I've got I'm you know I love skincare and me we're, we're really close and I took it all away and they, they thought it would be like you know a small toiletry bag it literally was a Tesco's trolley <laughs> full of skincare I was like well you go ahead and take it away and what I realized was it yes it is about how it makes me uh, look but I realized it was so much more than that it was to do with how it calms me down because when I'm faffing about with lotions and potions it's self-nurturing and I realized when they gave it back to me, I said, I don't need this stuff. You know, I do like to look nice. I think it's a nice thing to look nice, but I realized it was much more to do with, you know, just nurturing myself and taking care of myself. And that was a very valuable lesson. And I was glad to be reunited with my Dermalogica. Other brands are available. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, feel free to send me stuff. (laughs) <laughs> oh, always the best way I always tell people the best way to get my attention is if you want me to work with you and you can't afford me I have a 15 yeah. minute scheme where people send me stuff for 15 minutes of time oh okay and it's yeah. always the best thing because no one like I, I love doing this because uh, for anyone at home this is a strategy I've discussed in the past but honestly getting stuff sent to you is one of the quickest way to build uh, a good relationship with a new marketplace or people. Yeah, Especially I, people. I am. I have a price. The price is gifts <laughs> and, <laughs> and unicorn tears. And unicorn tears and flattery. You, yes. you know, and hard cash is always useful as well. But yeah. So I think to answer your question, you know, it was a combination of many things, but I just had nowhere else to go. I was, I was as low as I, I, I didn't. Well, every time I thought I could, I couldn't go any lower. I went lower, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is like Alice down the rabbit uh, oh. rabbit hole. And then I was like, okay, this is, I think I've hit my rock bottom. And, um, you know, I, I felt I had something to push against because I thought this is as low as it's going to get. I can't, and, and it was. And so I felt very, I was like, okay, the worst has happened in my life. The worst had happened. And now it was time to rebuild myself. And I really felt that my life had been built on very shaky foundation. So I had to start all over. Um, and that's what I've been doing. Uh, you know, deliberately and um, consciously for the past 10 years. Yeah, I always think that people kind of, like, people have to have a breaking point. In fact, I find that, um, I find that people that have some level, and I don't mean this in a weird way to say it, but the people that have, like, an exceptional value of just, there's something about them, whether they're passionate and obsessive about one thing, whether they're driven in another way, I find that at some point that will burn us, but Mm. it always ends up leading to something greater. Like if you can push through the pain and actually work on yourself, you will find something greater on the other side. Um, I'm all for that. And, you know, at the time I was listening, uh, there's a couple of songs I listened to over and over again. And one was Bless Her Soul, May She Rest in Peace, Whitney Houston. And I didn't know my own strength. And I was like, yes, Whitney. So I would listen to that on a loop and people in the clinic were like, turn that off. And I was like, you know what? I'm turning up louder. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, 
I, you know, I had to, I had to look for my own strength and I didn't, if things hadn't got so bad, I would never have found it. So thankfully I've been able over the past few years with the work that I've done on myself and the clients that I work with, I was like, wow, I'm so grateful for that breakdown because I know it sounds like a cliche, but it did lead to my breakthrough because I was like, really had to look at myself and realize underneath all the pain and the circumstances and all the other things. And I believe this is true for everyone is, you know, a shining, yeah, shining, shining, valuable human being. And I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it took a long time to build myself back up again. But I do believe everyone has, everyone has innate value. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that too. I definitely yeah. do. But it's, uh, what I was going to say was just kind of like backtracking for a second of when, um, you hit that, like when you feel that you can sink any lower, that feeling, I hit that feeling like two years ago, 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the only way I could describe it was my back's against the wall, but it's pushed so far that I'm now going into my neighbor's wall. Like I'm just being pushed into that wall even further. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was just like, a, it was a real place. Yeah. By the way, guys, uh, for the people who are listening at home, wondering if you're new to the show, that would be my cat chase. He is awake and being a pain in the ass per usual. Uh, what's your cat called? Chase Barrington the third. Oh my god, yes. There's not even a there's not even a first or a second. I remember going to pick him up and being like, oh my (laughs) god, your name is Chase Barrington the third. (laughs) Um, When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had two cats. And when I was well, when I was a teenager, uh, we had two cats, and I named them Gin, and the other one was called Antonic. And so I'd be like, Jim and Tonic, and then I'd get other people to call them. And I'd be like, yes, please. So that's another thing you can do for your, your listeners. If they want someone to buy them a drink, call your dog or cat something that if someone else calls it by that name, you can say, yes, please. Like a large, a large uh, wine, please. That's your dog's name. Whiskey. What's your dog's name? <laughs> whiskey, on, uh, whiskey Neat. First name, yes, whiskey, please. surname Neat. <laughs> Whiskey neat. That, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. See, it works every time. £1,000. Yes, please. Would you like £1,000? That's a strange name for a dog. Why don't you call my dog? £1,000. Would you like £1,000? Yes, please. Oh, man. But I always find this quite interesting. With people who have been through shit, we seem to develop like an almost fucked up sense of humor. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> but we have a fucked up sense of humor. <laughs> Diamond sugar. I, just, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I tell you what it did for me. I was like, I am one of the things I have, I'm very proud of is that I am unapologetically myself. Yeah. As you and should. some people don't like it because I'm quirky and passionate and a bit out there and, they and playful and mischievous. Right and if they don't like it, they can suck my ginger knees. I thought you would and go I'm with okay lemons. With because like one of my favorite yeah. one of my favorite insults yeah. ever is go suck a lemon. Yeah. The, the only reason I remember this is because uh, I don't know if you watched The Simpsons, but there was an episode like years ago and it just stuck with me. Um, one of the Johnny Tight Lips, one of Fat Tony's mafia men, gets shot, and he's like Johnny Tight Lips. He doesn't talk. He's like, "What should I tell the doctor? Tell him to go suck a lemon." <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the most random insult ever. I was like that now is yeah no i like it yeah but i I, i'm all for it yeah and other citrus fruit i'm I'm all right with it yeah it's all good but i do think i do think you know for me being in rehab and a lot of my issues i think came from not really expressing myself when i was younger 
yeah, you know, uh, if you had some, you know, like most people, childhood stuff, you don't always have the, the vocabulary to express yourself. And then I found my voice when I was locked up with other crazy people. Um, I mean that in a kind way. I was going to um, say, what are you trying to you say, know, Dammit? <laughs> we're still well, there. I'm saying we're, we're, all, we're all crazy. And I was like, <laughs> I was shouting at people and swearing at people. And I really found my voice because I was like, I'm, I, I have nothing to lose. I was also very nice as well. But we, I just thought, I'm just going to say what I think and how I feel. And, you know, be respectful where possible. But sometimes you just need to say, bleh. Yeah. You just, be, you just yeah. need to be you. Now, with that, I'm actually going to ask you on this because this is something that I went through myself for a very long time and so many of my other readers, they've gone through this as well. It's essentially finding that voice because it does take a long time. Like you, I was a bit of a quiet child that got told to shut up all the time, um, even though I'm a natural talker. I mean, my whole thing is I like communication, like speaking, I like writing, I like doing all that kind of fun stuff. But it takes a long time for, well, seemingly it took me a long time, just like it did for you, to find that voice. So my curiosity is, what did you do specifically and what would you advise others to do that are going through that same situation? Well, for me, you know, I mean, I work as a, a health and wellness coach now. And um, for, me, every, for me, so much of life, life struggles are through lack of communication. Mm-hmm. So for me, communication, we're all told, especially men, oh, we need to communicate more. Maybe most people don't know how to communicate. We've got to start somewhere. People are like, you know, as a classic situation where, a, again, I'm, I'm not being sexist, but this is how I, my clients oh. tell me this. A yeah. woman might say to a man, you don't communicate enough to her husband or boyfriend. not sexist, it's just real, real bad. It's, yeah, like, and it's like, well, you need to communicate more. Well, give someone some, give people some um, structure to communication. So, you know, out of 10, you know, how are you feeling today? You know, happy, sad, you know, are you feeling anxious? Yes or no? Now, give people some structure because it's quite difficult to communicate more and open up and find your voice. We need to start somewhere. And I think it could be a case of just asking some simple questions to yourself, first of all. Like, how am I feeling today? When I work with clients, you know, I, especially if they're new, that each day they have to check in with me. And each day I say, you know, pick, pick three words to describe how you're feeling today. They can be positive and they could be not so positive. You know, I feel frustrated. I feel, you know, overwhelmed. I feel tired or I feel excited. And sometimes, you know, you know, you can get, you can be excited and angry at the same time. You know, it's not just one emotion. Yeah. I think I learned that over the years that I can feel really happy and a part of me still feel sad. Yeah. So it's not, you know, not just one emotion. So I recommend, you know, pick three words to describe how you feel today. So you start, you start to learn just to articulate three words. If you say to someone, tell me how you feel, it's just too vague. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know how I feel. Well, what three words describe how you feel? And then you've got an idea. You've started communication because most people are lazy. They're like, oh, God, I don't want to tell you how I feel. <laughs> yeah, or more so they don't know how to tell you how they feel because exactly it's, it, it's the same of asking someone it, it's the same as starting a book you don't if you don't know what your guidelines are how are you going to start oh writing? i've done that i've done that before yeah um so having <laughs> a little imagine. bit of structure helps really helps it's like okay well what five words three words um and then you can communicate i have something with my clients called tristan's postcard chat so or tpc which yes. is uh, you, tell, you phone me up or text me. It's just a way of checking in so that we are learning to communicate sooner and in a very easy way. So a postcard obviously is a short, a short message. So this is, hi, you know, it's whatever the client's name is. And the three things are, how do I feel? 
what can I do about how I feel and what do I need or what do I want? So you can say, I'm feeling angry. What do I need? So something you give yourself. So if I'm feeling angry, maybe I just need to express my anger. I'm willing to lie down. Maybe I need to get outside for some fresh air. Maybe I need to write something down, whatever it is. And then what do you need from someone else? I could really do with some reassurance. Most people don't know what they feel. They don't know how to give it to themselves because they don't feel worthy and they don't ask someone to help them. Now, most people don't want practical help. I think most people want emotional support. Most people I speak to, they don't want things fixed. They just want someone to reassure them and say, you know what, it's okay. I'm in this with you. So I'm always saying to my clients that we're on a supported journey. I'm in it with you. And people just, just to know that you're not alone. So a postcard chat, your listeners can try that. Just, you know, how you feel, what do you want and what can another person help you do? And I think that is a, a good way of building up some communication skills. I would agree greatly with that because I have, um, I, the way that I started out with all of this was uh, I was emotionally closed off for about 28 years of my life. Like it was the weirdest thing. Cause I remember speaking. Um, so one of my friends that's become one of my therapists and like, it's incredible just the way that we've worked together. Cause I feel so comfortable around them, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge progress for me because usually I feel more comfortable around women than I do with men. So discussing like open emotions with a man is, was daunting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first time he met me, he told me this as well, had him on the podcast and he did tell, he said it live as well. He goes, the first time I met Adol, the first thing I wrote down within three minutes of meeting him was emotionally stunted, cannot communicate. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, how? I didn't even say anything to you. He goes, yeah, that's why. That's why. <laughs> He's like, you, he goes, I could feel your energy wanting to hug and be this yeah. loving energy, but yeah. you're very quiet about it. So I was like, oh, mm. okay, cool. I didn't think yeah. I was. He goes, but you are. Mm. So you know, on that journey, I realized just like you just said right now, it's emotional support we need more of than someone to fix it. Just someone to say, look, it's not even someone to say, look, you're you, you've got this, but more you're you, you've got this, but if you need it, I'm here as well with you. Yeah, I think people feel, you know, there is an epidemic of loneliness and yeah. isolation. Especially and actually, I, and yeah, and I'm, I'm always saying, and I say it to people that I'm working with, you know, you're not alone. We're in this together. We all want the same stuff. Some, some people want it in slightly different ways at different times, but we all want the same stuff. We all want to be loved, want to belong. We want to feel that what we say matters, that our lives have some worth and some meaning and that we have some worth and have some meaning. So I think we just have to understand the way that we get better at communicating is through, you know, practice. It takes time. We build up some very simple skills. Um, and that, you know, it does, there does need to be some trust that is established over time. So, um, you know, it's not something we can just get good at quickly. People put pressure on themselves to be good at communication. When if they're if it's a skill that they they they're unpracticed in, then you know practice makes progress. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Okay. I would definitely agree with that. So my <laughs> curiosity now kind of bounds into like the realm of health. And the reason yeah. I say with health and wellness because that is that's your bag, and I'm very curious about this because. Um, the mental side of mental the mental side of health is always interesting to me but the physical mm. side of health is as well i'm very curious what i'm going to give you a situation because this is one that i found with a few people in my life and i've realized a lot of my some of my readers have the same issues so no old listeners they would definitely uh, appreciate this and that is to ask you if um if you have unhealthy eating and living habits and by what i mean by unhealthy meaning 
you start working out, you start doing the things that you're meant to do, but instead of like doing it in, doing it with love and doing it with, uh, God, what's the word? So essentially you're eating and working out at the same time versus doing the other thing, which is what some people do, which is they don't eat and they work out as a punishment. Like how do they start forming those healthier habits? Oh, it's, I, this is what I talk about all day, every day of my class. So it's my, it's my favorite topic because when I work with people that come to me for weight loss, most people I work with, they want to lose weight. We say most people's number one health uh, goal is losing weight. So people come to me and they say, can you help me lose weight? I said, listen, I can help you lose weight. That will be a side effect of reinforcing your own sense of value. And people are like, what? I just want to lose some weight. <laughs> so, so for me, the more we value ourselves, the more we recognize our own worth, the more, because if we're just talking about behavior, like don't eat cake, do some sit-ups, that's behavior. I'm like, well, if, you, if we need to look at your, your, your sense of your own worth, because I always say to clients, you know, well, the first thing I say to them is when I start working with them, you know, if you were a car, any car, pick a car, you know, money is no object and they normally say some super duper car, you know, 100 grand, 200 grand car, silver plated, all the rest of it. I said, well, you are that car. You're valuable. You don't have to prove your value. You just are. You're a, a really expensive car. You take care of the outside. You take care of the inside. You look after the engine. You take it for a spin. You know, it's, it's a very valuable thing. You are that car. So in order to create the behaviors, we need to look at the mindset. So what I do when I work with people, I really, we reinforce over and over again, you're a valuable person. So the behaviors don't feel forced because as you say, a lot of people are using exercise as a punishment. They use food as a weapon. They are, the, they are self-medicating or they are, it's self-sabotaging through the food they eat because our actions are generally uh, a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. Now, I spent years valuing myself. Um, and as a result, I never have to be motivated to eat well or exercise. I'm someone who takes enormous care of myself because I have decided on my own value. That's not something I always feel like, I don't know who's running around going, I feel valuable. I know my value. It's like gravity. I don't understand it, but I know it's there. So when I work with people, I'm like, you just need to reinforce. I am valuable over and over again i am enough i am unique and precious and you can have fun affirmations like i'm i'm you know i'm beyonce with knobs on for example <laughs> and then you become your your behavior becomes a reflection of what you feel about feel about yourself and this is where the diet industry and the fitness industry is it's all about the behavior you need to work out more you need to eat less like that's just if you don't like yourself it's going to be really hard you might get some results, but you won't maintain them because your view of yourself has not changed. Uh, because people associate how they look with their worth, what they weigh with their worth, their status with their worth. And like, whatever you weigh, whether you're big or small, whether you're rich or poor, you're, you're still good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's quite incredible when you see people start to get that over time. So they never have to worry about, oh, I want, you know, Eight eighty-five shop-bought donuts, but I can't have it because I'm being good. I'm like, listen, you won't want them. You'll want one homemade donut with some blueberries on the side, drizzle of almond butter, or you'll want. I mean, I make incredible food all the time, and I show people mm-hmm. how to make food. So people come to my house, not in lockdown, but 
people need to be shown not told how to eat so for me it all comes back to a sense of your own value so that you're not battling against a sense of yourself which most people is i'm not enough yes so you you know and again it doesn't here's the thing i when i when i work with people i mean i wrote a book on the subject um and i go through the five f's you can't change everything at once so f's food fitness uh, feelings faces fun now so yes sometimes people will start off eating well but not exercising over time we'll add in exercise so i don't say right we're going to sort out food fitness feelings skincare fashion because i do i do everything but mostly it's food mm. so we start with food let's not worry about fitness yeah. we'll build in fitness so start with something that you do every day that you need to do you do need to eat so don't put pressure on yourself to change everything what i do with people is very very much we're going to start a process little little changes over a long period of time we'll build in other things but don't try and take it all on at once because your brain will go to mush it's yeah. too much too overwhelming and you'll end up with That's, a sugar crash as well and you'll end up just being a real pain in the ass to be around I'd say bitch, yeah. but you know, you, you, go, you can go with pain on the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people are, most people, this is why I'm so happy that I, I'm a coach because people need support. When people are trying to get healthy, now when people say getting healthy, what I'm saying, I want people to rediscover their value, but you know, either or, is people, it's quite hard to do it by yourself because you are, you know what you know and you know, you don't know what you don't know. That's a little statement for you. <laughs> I know, you profound. Know you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And sometimes you know what you don't know. And sometimes you don't know what you know. <laughs> so people, whatever, whether it's a coach or a friend or a mentor or whoever, maybe someone you met at a library, you can, we need, we need someone to help us a little bit because we need to step out of ourselves from time to time and have someone guide us and encourage us and care about us. Quite hard to do it by yourself. So you don't have to if you can find people to you know support you and you support them maybe as well yeah always a good way of doing that like having a support system around you where you help each other personally with myself the way that i the way that i find that i get the best the best workouts remember workout sorry the best uh mental changes for food because i have a sweet tooth like you would not believe which what um, which tooth is it is it the front or the back all of them just oh wow Sweet tea. Oh, God. I just, okay. It's a sweet mouth. Um, but I love... <laughs> you, got a, you got a sweet body. <laughs> I'm sure more than one person has said that to you. Oh, well, there we go. He's insanely <laughs> in shape, FYI. Just insanely in shape. It's, it's, it's slightly annoying, but in a good way. Oh, um, you mustn't... Please don't be... In, as I always say to people, listen, don't be intimidated by my incredible physique. I, I listen, you know, I know people will be like, oh, well... People said, oh, we, you take, do you take your abs to the river and wash clothes on them? And I'm like, no, but I could. Um, He's got those washboard abs. He really does. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you can, you can play my abs. <laughs> like a, what's it called? Like a zither. Uh, well, like a washboard. Anyway. Yes, washboard, quite literally. So, what, sweet, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, sweet, with having a sweet tooth, what I found is that I find substitutes for the things that yes. I find. So, for instance... I really like, I used to love chocolate. My, my devil right now is more crisps. I fucking love crisps. Yeah. Um, Cause they're really versatile. And specifically because I like to make my own like hot sauce or my own dip to go with the crisps. 
I don't mm-hmm. get anything store-bought. I make it all at home. Great. But the way I've actually been doing it, and this is the strangest thing, when I switched over to a ketogenic or a carnivore diet for a very short period of time, I did it for mm-hmm. like three, for about a month, I realized within three days my sweet tooth hadn't fully disappeared, but it was way more in control. So rather than finishing a whole pack of Maryland cookies, um, I would eat maybe one of them and put the rest mm-hmm. back, which yeah. was a bit of a breakthrough. Yeah, but what I found, sure. what I found in that time period to replace that craving, though, even though I was on a carnivore diet, I still was like mostly carnivore. I had fruit. I just eat fruits, or I'd have like mm-hmm. a spoonful of honey, and that would do me fine for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk about this for hours and years because this is what I do, I do you know, with people. I'm like, listen, I've got a sweet tooth. We human beings love sweets. We, um, we love sweetness. So this morning I did a workout and I make these protein bars um, that have some protein powder, but they've got um, dates and they've got nuts and they've got chia seeds and they're oats and they're like flapjacks basically. And I had I had that with a little bit of coconut yogurt. I'm I'm, I'm vegan, so I don't have any dairy. So coconut yogurt maybe coconuts, not milk. Um, and some blueberries and some mixed nuts. Now, that is sweet, but it's mm-hmm. not refined sugar. I don't want refined sugar in my body. It's just toxic. Yeah, really I don't want is. much of it. But there's lots of alternatives. So you don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to deny yourself anything. I'm like, I want you to have sweet stuff. But when I, when I work with people, I always say, listen, you will, you will appreciate it more if you eat a bit less. So let's go down the quality rather than quantity route. And... I just would recommend people just try not to have that in the house because you'll eat it. And if you do have it in the house, as in the biscuits and the cookies and stuff, you know, I did just make it the best quality you can afford because maybe you'll eat less because they were more expensive. Always put food on a plate. Don't eat out of the packet. I have a a little rule, uh, which is a three, five or seven rule. So, you know, it's about about controlling how much you eat or not controlling, but having a guide to how much you eat. So three, you know, decent sized cookies, five smaller cookies, seven tiny cookies, then put it away, put it on a plate, put the box away and sit at a table, put it on a nice plate, make it an occasion because most people are eating, let's say the snacky high calorie food while watching TV yep. out of the packet. Before you know it, you've eaten your own body weight and Pringles. Mm-hmm. That is and you times. probably haven't enjoyed it because you're like, well, where did they go? Wait, what happened? It's, it's just mindlessness. And that's not a, a criticism. It's just there are ways of having um, a little bit of what you fancy, but make it good quality and put it on a plate. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's actually a very powerful way of doing it. Um, and very interesting because like, I, I, I would love to pick your brain at some point, not now, because like, uh, I imagine we'd get into, again, a long-ass conversation about all the things that we could eat that replaces the sugar craving because yeah i mean i you know people always think a diet i'm not interested in diets i'm interested in discernment Mm. so rather than discipline like oh i can't have it aren't i being good food isn't good or bad right or wrong food is either for me high quality or low quality high energy or low energy so look for replacements so rather than restriction think about replacements um rather than discipline think about discernment so for me i know my value so i am discerning with my portion size because i know for me you know certain like a big bit of cake yeah a slightly smaller bit of cake i might enjoy it more if it's better quality and have it with some blueberries and some nuts 
So mm-hmm. I would always say, you know, a top tip for your listeners, it would be don't eat something sugary by itself. Have a bit less of it, but have it with some protein. So have it with some nuts or something, you know, some almond butter, yeah. uh, drizzle it on top. So you're not eating every, everything we eat should be ideally kind of vaguely balanced. So it's not just one ingredient, which would be something like sugar or fat. Yeah. Have it with some protein because it helps the body to slow down how it absorbs the sugar. Yeah. Um, so think of snacks as like two or three things, hummus with some carrots, you know, so you've got, that doesn't sound much fun, does it? <laughs> it depends. I, you do, read, I, do. I love hummus I with love, carrots. Like carrots with it. salt is my favorite thing ever. Like oh, carrots. Wow. Okay. Just, it's a really good healthy snack for me. Um, okay. But one of the things, just kind of going off what you said there, one of the things I really enjoy though is um, what you just said that was you're essentially letting yourself have the quote unquote naughty thing, but you're also balancing it out because I, I was watching a video late last night because that's what happens when you can't sleep. Sometimes uh, you end up in a YouTube hole, which is lovely. Um, but the video I ended up watching was about specifically the foods that are high in quality and how your body breaks down thematic cal- calories. Um, sugar burns through so quickly, such a quick burnout, which is why you always crave more of it. Absolutely. Whereas, as you just said right now, by adding a protein source to that, it slows down the breakdown of it all. Well, the sugar yeah. will get broken down, but the protein will still be in your stomach and your body will be like, hey, we still have... It's just more, just more satisfying as well because, yeah. you know, so let's say you're going to normally have half a big chocolate bar. Have a third of a chocolate bar. Have it with some nuts. Yeah. And you'll be as full. You won't notice that you've had less chocolate. Uh, and get some colour and some variety in there. You know, don't, don't eat one colour. I you know, recommend to people, you know, think of when you're eating, obviously always eat out of a bowl or a plate. Don't have it out of the packet, as I said earlier. And think about a white bowl or a plain coloured plate as a canvas, yeah. a blank canvas. We want to make sure we, we put on some colour, you know. So just don't eat brown food. Yeah. Just one color, you know, if you're going to have chocolate, have it with a couple of strawberries, have it with a couple of blueberries or some pomegranate seeds or, you know, some other colors so that we are each for me. I'm just trying to get people to not have less, but have so much more. Give yourself more, not less. Yeah. So this isn't about as I say, it's not about restriction. This is about replacement and giving yourself a hundred million times more. Because you are, with every bite, you are valuing yourself. You're saying, you know what? I deserve to have delicious and nutritious food. And most people are eating one, one bit of chocolate out of a packet. And I'm like, that's not very, that's not very exciting. Yeah. You know, try and be a bit more Downton Abbey about it. That's what I always recommend. You know, get yourself that. some bin. I'm, I'm whatever, the, I'm Maggie Smith. I'm literally Maggie Smith. I have a huge collection, surprise, surprise, of vintage crockery from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Wow. I know. I'm adorable. Dinner, dinner at yeah. your place would be fun. I tell you what, people come around to my house, they, are, they literally drop to their knees in awe. Because I have a 1930s cocktail cabinet full of vintage crockery, and I'm like, you choose the crockery, I'll make some protein balls, let's do this. Remind me to introduce you to someone after this call, and I'll tell you about them afterwards. If they're rich and attractive, I'm in. Halfway, they're very attractive. <laughs> okay, even better. Forget the money. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs mo- screw the money? Oh, I, I have plan, looks. I got, plenty, I got plenty of money. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite questions to ask on the show always comes down to this idea of books and specifically like learning and understanding things. So oh, my favorite subject. Go on. 
so I, one of my favorite questions to ask on this, uh, do you watch movies a lot or no? Do you know what? I don't watch a lot of movies because I'm so fussy. Like I probably watched like two movies this year because I only like small movies that are kind of historical. So I, the only movie I, I've watched recently that I loved more than life itself was the favorite with, uh, with uh, uh, Coleman, what her name is. She won the Oscar for it anyway. Are we talking about like a uh, favorite? Was that the one that's set in Scotland with Emma Stone? No, that's, no, that's... No, that, that's, that's the other one. It came out at the same time, to be honest yeah. with you. This is about Mary, Mary the first or Mary the second or one of the, one of the queens. No, Queen Anne it was. Anyway, yes. Olivia Coleman won the Oscar. So it's a very oh, small yes. movie. Every moment was like a ripe apricot. Ooh, perfect. It was just, I literally was licking my lips the whole way through. It was so incredible. So I only really like that kind of movie. So because of that, it's quite rare. So anyway. we'll go with books then. Because um, usually <laughs> I like to give people like a choice. So, okay, if you had to oh. give my yeah. audience and readers five, not, five books that you would recommend, and, oh, these, and this is the way yeah. that I'm going to do it. These are the five books not only would you recommend for anyone now, but let's just yes. say you had a niece, nephew, kid, whatever it was, and this person, oh, you love them perfect. to death. And you said, you know what? I'm going to give you these five books. Here you go from my experience. What are those five books? Oh my God, this is the we're, easiest question in the world. This is like my favorite I, I was going to say, we're not adding your book to this list for okay, the simple reason that's, that's, or, that's a given. Your book is that's a given. That's a given. Well, yes, good. Okay, number one book is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Mm-hmm. Love that book. It's all about slow and steady wins the race. The power of consistency, the power of little changes. It's my favorite book that I recommend to people. If you want any success in your life, whether it's health, relationships, business, understand the power of delayed gratification and consistency and momentum. It's incredible. Second book would be uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller, which is basically we can't be multitasking. We can't do this and do that and do this and do that. You've got to focus on what, what's the most, what's the one thing in your life that if you paid attention to it and took action with and had success with, would have the greatest impact on your life. That is an amazing book. So Gary Keller, and I've got three in front of me here that I love. The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol, which I'm rereading at the moment. I'll have to pick that it's, up. it's all about our lives are a reflection of what we believe. Mm -hmm. So it's incredible. And it's a classic. It's written in 1948. Um, it's, it's just incredible. The other one is that's three. Number four would be The Stranger's Secret by Earl Nightingale. Very, very slim book, but incredible. Basically saying you are what you repeatedly think. And it, because it's such, it's so concise. It's incredible. I love that book. Is that five or is that four? Four. Four. You got one. Four. Okay. One more. What books do I absolutely love? Oh, so many. Um, what book? What book? What book? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. I, I tell you what I've become reading at the minute is a book by a guy called Benjamin Fry. Hmm. And I'm working through it. It's quite heavy. And it's called The Invisible Lion. And it's basically talking about um the uh how the nervous system works how trauma gets trapped in the body really interested in that it's called the invisible line by benjamin fry and anything by gillian mckeith because i love gillian mckeith her cookbooks and attitude towards healthy living i'm a big fan of so you are what you eat by Liz by gillian mckeith that's a sneaky sick that is excellent well i was going to say with um going back to to what was your last the fifth book recommendation 
the invisible line that was it yes the really good book that actually complements that is the body keeps score the body keeps count yes i love that book um a friend of mine started reading it. I'd read it and then I hadn't recommended it to this friend. So a friend of mine messaged me like, hey, have you read this book? I'm like, yeah. One of my favorite things in that is how trauma forms over the years. And yeah. How essentially if you don't work on it, it it's going to come back and it finds different ways of transmuting. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully so science, interesting. science has caught yeah. up to it now. Yeah. I think this, I mean, I, this book, I've only about a quarter, no, fifth the way through. It's fascinating how, you know, when you're younger, you know, you you're not able to express yourself. So that, that emotion stays in your body and, uh, you know, we need to, and then it, we get re-traumatized and re-triggered over and over again. And, um, I think I find that very interesting because it's, you know, animals process their, their feelings and emotions. Human beings tend to store them up yeah. and then, then that can be very problematic. Um, yeah, so, but no, I haven't read that book you've recommended, but I'm, I'm on the same page. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where um, I, when I started reading it, I was like, wow, this is just an excellent book to go through. Cool. Mm. So one of my other favorite questions, and this is something that I know for a fact, uh, I would be very comfortable asking you because, you know, how we started the show off. Oh God, I'm scared. I'm trembling. You... My freckles are trembling. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I you're trembling. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm shimmying. It's shimmying. Think, ah, shimmying to you dancing anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, or starting to in your chair dance. That's always my favorite. I'm just, just a little wriggly little ginger yeah. worm here. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. question I love to ask is life invariably will kick you in the nuts. Mm-hmm. It just does. It's life. Its job is to sometimes kick you in the nuts to make you stronger. Other times it's to make you to realize that you're in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, your confidence does get affected. And we all know confidence is kind of like the underlying foundation to how you do a lot of things. For sure. So my question is, anytime life has kicked you really hard in the nuts, what do you do now since going through all the, tr- all the rehab stuff oh, in South Africa? That's a really good question. What do you do now to yeah. either get yourself back out or maintain a level of confidence where you don't dip below? Um, yeah, an amazing question. And this is why I read these books. Mm-hmm. Because for me, my, for me, confidence comes from a sense of my own value. So yes, there are times where I have doubt, there's a time to have confidence, but they're just emotions. That's not who I am. I remind myself that my emotions are not who I am. So yeah, I have doubt. I have times where I don't feel confident. I do communicate more than I used to. I say, I'm feeling this. Can, I just need to, to tell someone. I have a therapist that I still speak to every week. Excellent. Just need to get, just get that off my chest and process it get up keep get it out into the light and you know i read books i read books i have affirmations i i take care of myself each and every day i know my value and i'm not a, my my identity isn't my emotions i listen to them i'm guided by them but they're not my worth so um i have learned over many years to recognize to take a little bit of a step back from my reactions, whether that's fear, anxiety, lack of confidence. I know who I am. I know my worth. And so I don't struggle with that as I used to in any way, shape or form like I used to. I still have my moments. But I'm also like, you know, doubt and lack of confidence are life's way of saying, listen and communicate. What you need, you, you just need, maybe need some reassurance. Just take a step back. Don't identify with it. It's not, you are not your emotions. You are experiencing your emotions. 
So I sometimes, and I'm like, wow, I had recently had a, just an overwhelming sense of self-doubt. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And that's what I was like, you know, that's not who I am. But I also, I don't, I'm trying not to label emotions good or bad. I'm like, wow, I wonder what that's about. I'm like, I wonder why I feel doubtful. I wonder what I can, I mean, again, this sounds, it sounds a bit crazy and out there, but I'm okay with that. It, that was, now I'm, I'm more curious about my emotions. So when I work with people, I'm always talking about observation versus judgment rather than like, oh my God, I feel I've got a lot of doubt. What's wrong with me? I'm terrible for having doubt or I've got lack of confidence. It's kind of self-perpetuating. Now I'm like, oh, that's interesting that I feel a lack of confidence. And then I'm like, that is reminding me to just remember who I am. That's what that's about. So I'm just trying to flip it around. I think it's a ginger thing. I'm just like, oh, possibly hmm. or just a you thing. I don't know. I'm just half, I'm half Smurf. So um, I've got that bluey tinge to my little pale skin. So uh, I'm, not al- <laughs> I'm not actually allowed out for the next two days because it's hot. I need to get a special permit because when you're this ginger, you, you're not allowed you out. You just burn. You just burn. Well, I'm allowed out for like eight to nine seconds at a time and run back in again draw the curtains and then good thing you have a pretty good like pace on you so you can like that eight or nine seconds is more than i really go for it (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yes let's do this so 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 yeah so i think you know i rather than be like oh my god i'm feeling lack of confidence what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong like i'm like oh i wonder why that's come up is and sometimes it could be an obvious thing it could be you know just you're tired i have a when i work with people i'm like always talk about um h-a-l-t halt are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? So sometimes it's a physiological thing as well as a psychological thing. So I'm like, ah, confidence. Interesting. I'm not relying on it. I don't rely on motivation. I don't rely on confidence. I don't rely on inspiration or willpower. I know who I am. So those emotions, I don't always trust them. I'm like, I'm interested that they're coming along. I'm like, okay, so you have something to say. I'm listening, but I don't take you too seriously. I'll learn from you, but I, I'm not going to identify with you. So I am, that's how I roll. That's actually very powerful because it's completely different to um, how other people actually see these emotions. So just to recap real quickly on halt, because I am writing this down, obviously, because okay. that's a great okay. thing to have in my room. Okay. Uh, it's hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? I so, got it from RuPaul, the drag oh, queen. God, I fucking love so, RuPaul. Please I tell me, his, did, yeah. you watch, did you watch All Star Season 5? I, no, I haven't seen season five yet. No, oh, no who wants? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. No worth, spoilers. Okay, all right, okay, all right. I I'll tell RuPaul. you afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Not, I I listened to his podcast and he mentioned that recently, and um, I love RuPaul. Every time I listen to RuPaul, I'm like, oh my god, Ru, we should be friends because we're so similar. <laughs> we're we're all life. Everybody is in drag. I'm in drag. We're all, you know, we're all kind of putting something out there that maybe is our shiniest version or a little bit of a mask. But yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, hungry. I mean, it could be horny as well, to be honest with you. Could, yeah, no fairness. That one is the other H as well. You could be hungry really or horny. horny. Well, to be fair, in lockdown, if you've been by yourself, I would not be surprised. Yeah. So it's like, am I just really horny right now? Is that why I'm feeling, you know, just take a step back. For me, it's about observation as opposed to judgment, as I said earlier. Take a step back and then, you know, be careful how you speak to yourself. If you say, I am not confident, I say, this is what I say to my clients. Say, I am amazing and I'm experiencing feelings of lack of confidence. Don't identify with the emotion because that has nothing to do with you. That's something you're experiencing. That's not who you are. So I'm experiencing feelings of doubt, but I am the dog's bollocks. Yeah. 
I'd say one thing I'd add to that is also if you're feeling those feelings, check your breathing. Mm. Because I found whenever I hit anxiety, breathing, my breathing becomes erratic. Uh, and the other thing that's a surprising little win that I found from a friend of mine that has, it's funny because he's a six foot six, former bodybuilder of a hulking beast of a man. Mm. And I fucking love him. He's one of my best friends, Chris McCombs. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, please go listen to that show because Chris doesn't do podcasts. And it took me seven years to get him to say yes to do a show with me. All right. Did so, you have to blackmail him or something? Oh, I've got no, pictures I of did. you in the shower with a sheep. Be on my podcast. That kind of vibe. No, he just basically messaged me and said, I'm finally doing this. And oh, you're the wow. first guy okay. I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to be on the show. Oh, well, that's nice. I was number three, but it's fine. I'm okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, lucky, lucky number three. Lucky number three, but I was going to say, um, the thing that Chris told me, he didn't say it on the show, but he messaged me about it like later, is magnesium cream. Oh, okay. If you're feeling really anxious, just put some magnesium cream on your hands, and what you'll find is your anxiety weirdly lowers. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea why I haven't looked into the science and the chemistry behind it, but apparently... Yeah, magnesium. Magnesium is good. Magnesium. You know, for me, this is why diet is so important, and also why hand cream is important. Because yeah. what makes me the calmest thing I do, well, the second calmest thing I do, <laughs> sleeping is the first. Sleeping the first <laughs> is anything that lowers your, you know, that lowers your breathing. And for me, that is, you know, a little bit of a uh, bit of skincare, you know, where you're just getting a hot flannel, you're washing your face. You can't be hyperventilating and washing your face. It's not. It's not good luck. It's not. Hot. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, there are. There are, you know, if we, I'm really interested in the relationship between mood and food and, and food and mood. So I, I'm all for advocating eating more whole food creates a better gut, micro diverse biome thing. And then you will increase the level of serotonin in your body. So investing in higher quality and delicious food literally affects your internal biochemistry. Obviously. I like, why do we not know this? It's obvious, but it's not obvious because doctors will never say that. If you go to a doctor with depression, they go, they don't say, how's your diet, do they? They should. Because, and also cooking is quite therapeutic. It can be, you know, slows down your breathing. But yeah, if in doubt, you know, magnesium is a good one. Yeah, it really is. And it's so powerful. And like you said, hand creams and skincare, we didn't even get onto this side of things, but we will the next time, I hope. For sure. I can talk about skincare for at least eight years without even drawing breath. Yeah, I can actually imagine that. I really yeah. could, but you've got great it's, skin, so it's a thing. Well, it helps that I've got a ring light on. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> just, bring this to the, just bring this to a close for the show, because we actually hit our time limit, which what? is crazy. It's blown by. What? That's why I said we're doing a round two. We've got to get a second oh show in. Oh, my God. Okay. But, oh. guys, please go I'm check blind. out tristanlee.com. And if you really enjoyed the show, loved all the stuff that we've discussed about, please read the post notes uh, on the blog on adlamarcy.com. But check out tristanlee.com. If you feel comfortable working with him, reach out to him, get his book, follow him, because he's hilarious, as you've just realized has an amazing sense of humor and gives great value. Tristan cannot wait to get you back on the show, my friend. Oh, I've had the best time ever. Yas. Yas. Yas, queen. Yes. <laughs> it's way too much, way too much RuPaul. <laughs> There's never <laughs> such thing. Uh, but anyway, guys, we will speak to you really, really soon. Have an amazing day wherever you are and a great weekend. And to quote RuPaul, because it seems very apt, if you ain't going to love yourself, 
How the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Speak soon. Bye.